welcome to Voices of the Body, the podcast. My name is Ashley Elaine, and I will be your guide as you journey through building your awareness of your body's voice. This episode will dive into the process of reprogramming your body. Yes. So you started your healing journey or are still in the process of allowing yourself to indulge in that journey, right? Now it's time to release and replace some very outdated narratives. So if you're in a safe space, go ahead and get comfortable, get your water, your tea, your coffee, whatever it is that you need. Find a comfortable seated position for your body or maybe you're laying down. If you're driving or at work, keep your focus, but also allow your body to tap into this conversation today and really let some things resonate, okay? So get what you need and we will get this show on the road. So as I mentioned in episode one, um, every episode will start with a meditation. The purpose is to really allow you and your body to find some alignment and awaken what is true. That could be what has been true, right? Or, and both and, and or, (laughs) um, move into what aligns with the divine truth of you okay so go ahead and bring your awareness to your throat your ears and your heart space gently open your jaw moving it around allowing space to be created within the jawline which is attached to your ears which is attached to your head which is the home of our thinking space. So take a big breath in. And as you release, audibly sigh. (sighs) Maybe allowing some healthy lip movements. Again, some jaw movement. One more big breath in. And audibly sigh. And give yourself one more big, deep breath in. And audibly sigh. And I want you to say the first three memories from last week that come to mind, right? I want you to say them out loud. But before you do that, I want you to put the phrase, I am, or I will, or I can, in front of it. Now, I want these to be memories that probably weren't so pleasing, right? I want to be very um, direct in what today's episode is and what I need for you to pay attention to, right? So maybe... You had a not so good day at work. Maybe somebody said something negative to you. Maybe you said something negative to yourself or to somebody else. I want you to come back to those. I promise you we will not sit there long and I will bring you back out. Coming to those memories, put either I am and then whatever that memory is. I will whatever that memory is, and or I can. You can pick one, you could pick all three, you could pick two, right? Allow your body to, when it goes back to that space, really allow what needs to resonate to resonate. 
Okay. Sounds right. And once you say it out loud, take another set of breath. Sounds right. Take a big breath in and release. Take another big breath in and release. Bring your attention to what your body felt when you said those things out loud and attached I am, I will, or I can to the front of it. What did your body feel when you came back to those memories from last week? They were just last week, right? What did your body do when those words were spoken out loud? Did your body go back to what you felt in the moment when those memories took place? When those not so good moments took place last week? Sounds right. How did your body feel when you spoke those words out loud? Are those words true? Right? Do they really align with your divine self? And who gave them to you? Did you give them to yourself? Were they given to you just in that moment from last week? Or depending on how your body reacted, right? Did your breath shorten? Did it feel comfortable? Depending on how your body reacted, could be that that seed of whatever happened has been planted since childhood. That this wasn't the first time that you've heard it, but it may have been the first time that your body reacted to it. Did the words that you spoke out loud when you attached I am, I can, and I will hurt you, empower you? Did they embrace love? So just give your min- yourself a minute to just sit there and be present in what you are currently feeling after speaking those words, where your thoughts are, where your breath is, what your body is feeling, right? Where you're feeling, whatever you're feeling in your body. And allow your body and your nervous system to speak to you. What is it saying? Is it saying that I enjoyed what I heard? I was hurt by what I heard. I don't like what I heard. And then when you're ready, take another deep breath in and audibly sigh. And do this exercise again, right? But say it with words that counteract those not so good experiences. So if the not so good experience was like if the if the words that you said were I can be lazy, counteract that, right? And say I can accept rest. Mm. So counteract whatever that word was with a new word. One that's positive, one that feels more in alignment with your divine self. Replace that word after I can, I will, I am. And then allow your body to feel again, right? What did those words that you counteracted the not so good experience with feel when you said them out loud? What did your brain feel? What thoughts came to mind? What did your body feel and where did you feel it? And take another big breath in and release. 
one more big breath in and release. Welcome to episode two. This episode, I really wanted to talk about the process of reprogramming your body. Um, our bodies end up being so programmed in the doing and the moving and the spaces that we've been told we're supposed to move in or doing what is pleasing to other people. Um, even in the behaviors that we adopt from the things that we endure. Um, I really wanted to just give space for understanding that one, this process is very hard. Because when you are programmed to think and do and be a certain way, right? It's from a seed that was given to you. It was, it's from a seed that you probably didn't ask for. And two, that told you, you, like a seed that you were told you had to adapt to, right? So yes, this process is, is very hard. It's very challenging um, because we have this thing called the monkey mind, right? Vritti Chachita, if I said it wrong, please forgive me. It's Sanskrit for the monkey mind, right? Just the, the, constant, the constant thoughts that come to our mind, right? Our, our brain is supposed to think all the time. Our brain, find, like our brain protects us. It's always finding the spaces where we might not be safe and it's also looking at what lights us up, right? That serotonin, what, what allows that, that serotonin to be released without any added effects or any added things, right? So first off, I want to tell you to please, 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 please give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace because this is the process of unlearning and relearning. We all know that unlearning something is very, very hard because a lot of what we learn came from family tradition. It came from people that we love. And, you know, we want to really take what, what people, our families, people that we love, we really want to take what they say to us as truth and for face value. And there's this space that people end up in where it's like oh if i don't agree with that then it's gonna shift our relationship or it's gonna make me look disrespectful no it's not you have your own body you have your own brain you have your own thoughts you have your own character you have your home your own understanding of things this is where i always say like healthy conflict becomes a thing right because we can both be looking at a rug and see two completely different rugs, have two completely different perspectives, see two completely set different sets of colors, but that doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. It's just for what aligns with me, this is what I see and this is what feels good to me. And for the other person, whatever they see on their side of the table looking at this rug is what works for them and what works for the alignment of who they are, right? That doesn't mean that just because we disagree on how something works that we have to like be against each other. Like that's the most craziest thing in the world. Um, it's the respect of, have it, it's, it's having respect for perspective, right? Respect the perspective. You don't even have to understand why somebody sees something a certain way, right? Especially if it's like, oh, I've seen something one way for so long and now I've learned a little bit more about myself. I've done a little bit more digging and I see it completely different to each his own, right? Like there's no, there's no love lost. There's no foul in people growing, right? When you grow, that means you've allowed yourself to see something different and not stay in one space. So, um, so yeah, like 
this is where so yes give yourself some grace in really allowing whatever narratives that you've been living in to be released um your body so in the last episode i really talked about how your body signals that something like needs to be let go of like it's time to really do that healing work and to let go of things that you've been holding on to in that process right it's the process of reprogramming so when you're when you're in, when you're in that process of allowing your body to let go you now have this awareness that will tell you when something doesn't doesn't resonate anymore when something doesn't align anymore right that's your body telling you hey like i'm trying to tell you that this isn't really what we want anymore like there's something different that we want yet we have to let go of what this is and really process like why we're holding on to it or what even we're holding on to and what you're holding on to are seeds right so think about an apple tree if you want an apple tree what do you have to plant have to plant apple seeds right you can't plant like banana seeds are banana seeds even real i don't i've never seen a banana seed but you can't plant a banana seed and expect to get an apple seed right eventually when you plant that apple seed it's gonna grow before you even realize it's an apple tree right like you won't know it's an apple tree until the leaves I, like i don't i don't really know what that process looks like um but you won't know like i know leaves look different for different types of plants so you won't know that it's an apple tree until you start seeing the leaves right the leaves are going to look different than what leaves look like on a rose bush or a, a banana tree or a chair like the leaves are going to look different but because all leaves are green it's probably not going to resonate that this is a different type of tree right so now that tree is growing and flowing but it's ex but like it's it feels like it's something different than what it actually is right so the tree if the tree had a brain just just walk with me here like use your you, use your colorful imagination if the tree thinks that it's a banana tree and it's like craving bananas all the time and like loves the brightness of the banana and the firmness and the shape right the tree does not realize it's not a banana tree and that it's not in alignment with who it believes it is until it starts to see apples fall from the tree so even like that old saying like my grandma says it all the time um an apple tree is always going to be an apple tree like it's going to be an apple tree until it wants to be who it's actually supposed to be so a lot of the behaviors that people um engage in or express don't always come from their authentic self right there's there's spaces where there's learned behaviors the seed that we pick up and believe is love so someone in an abuse someone that is an abuser who may have grew up in an abusive home will think that well this is how i saw love to be i don't know how to create a different version of love or this is what i saw to be quote unquote a safe space i don't know what any other version of a safe space looks like so even when they get into what could be a a, a very safe space for them a very loving space for them they don't really know how to be present in it and accept it because it's not what has been aligned with them right but there's a desire to move away from that alignment and move into their divine alignment right there's i believe there's like 
two different types of alignment that we can have, right? That traumatic alignment where your like your behaviors, your words, your language, everything about you is operating from that traumatic place because now it's become your character, right? And then there's um, divine alignment where you acknowledge that your trauma self and your divine self are two completely different people, two completely different spaces, two completely different um, characters, sets of sets of behavior, sets of um, emotional management, right? Because your trauma self is going to have you respond in a certain way, right? And that's the body either being very numb to authentic feelings or the body just like responding without thought, responding without breath, responding without allowing um, any room for conversation or awareness of what is happening in that current moment, right? So when you... When you're in the process of reprogramming, that's why I ask that you really give yourself some grace because perfection is not a thing. We're all here on this journey learning more about ourselves, learning more about the things that we engage in. Like there's never there's never an ending to a healing journey. It's a journey. It's our life journey, right? Um, continue to praise yourself for wanting to investigate even deeper who you are, where certain behaviors came from. If it's literally just your makeup, right? There's a lot of spaces where, like, I love being alone. I love being alone. So sometimes people can't really tell, like, how I'm doing unless I say it out loud. Because I love being alone. I have, I have always loved being alone. I've enjoyed it for a very long time. Like, I enjoy my own company. I really do, y'all. Like, it's, it's almost scary how much I love being alone. So, at one point, that may, have not, that may not have been a healthy space for me to be in, right? And I can't really say where it's come from. Like I had a sibling growing up, yet there were times where I was still alone. After a while, I enjoyed being by myself because I felt safe to be myself, by myself. I didn't have anybody telling me, oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? That's not good. This isn't like, you shouldn't do that. You should do it this way. Like I enjoyed the freedom of just being me without anybody interrupting me, right? So once I was able to date back to what that looks like, there's like a, a weird period of time for that, to, for that to be, but I can also recall when I started enjoying it by myself. Like I can, I can recall when I enjoyed being by myself because I was by myself a lot, a lot. I didn't enjoy having to endure grief by myself, right? I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. There's a space when I was in high school where um, my grandfather had passed away and my mom was there with me when we found out and she told me what happened. I don't remember if she asked me if I wanted to go home with her or if I wanted to stay at my uncle's, but I do recall like wanting to stay by myself. Like I didn't enjoy that very much, but I also like didn't know how to really maneuver what those feelings felt like. Um with somebody else. Cause if you recall last episode, I journaled a lot. Um, I don't remember journaling about this experience. I just remember it being like dark in the house. Um, but I, I like, I look for, I look at where like certain spaces now where I've had to endure grief by myself and it takes me back to that moment. So in some sense, right, and this is where I'm getting somewhere with this, with the reprogramming space, 
I've had to really say out loud that I am not lonely. I enjoy being alone. I am comfortable with myself and my emotions. I also do not like experiencing big emotions by myself. Both and I recognize that I am also not comfortable sharing big emotions with other people, right? Saying that out loud allows me to look at, okay, who do I feel safe with um, engaging in these big emotions with, right? And then that brings me to the space of who allows me to be my authentic self, the self, the version of myself that I enjoy being by myself with. Mm. This is deep, y'all. This is very deep. It's, this is real. It's a real thing, though. It's, it's a very real thing because... I don't, I don't enjoy not being safe with people anymore. Like I don't. And I love people. I also love me and being by myself. So when it comes to the reprogramming, I have to reprogram my body, my nervous system and my brain that tells me you're not safe with people. And it's like, no, I am safe with people. I'm just, um, I'm, there's just people where I'm allowed to be my authentic self that allow me to feel safe, if that makes sense. So the reprogramming, right? Your physical body has a narrative. The narrative is the behavior, right? So when certain things happen, when certain triggers come, your body just automatically responds and reacts without second thought, without warning, like your body just does, it just goes. There is nothing that separates your body that like, there's nothing in alignment with your brain, your body and your spirit that says, Hey, we're triggered. Let's take a minute and really process, right? There's growth in that, right? Again, give yourself some grace because today you could be popping off at the mouth and not even realizing it. A week from today, somebody can say something to you, that same somebody that you popped off at the mouth at, that says something to you to make you pop off at the mouth, can say something again. And you've grown in just a week by saying nothing. Or you say something again, but it's not like your, your tone and attitude isn't as volatile as it was last week. You know what I'm saying? So like you have to give your space and engage in the process. And listen, everybody doesn't have to agree with your process. Everybody does not have to agree with that. As long as you know what your journey looks like and where you came from, like that's all that matters because to reprogram your thoughts when you've had a seed planted for 35 years, right? A seed that you didn't even know was being planted. That's, that's how the enemy works. It takes time. It takes time. Like you have to give yourself praise for even saying, I want to, I want to change this. I want this to be different. That doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight, right? So your body is a temple, right? That's, that's the first reprogramming, your body. Your body is a temple. There's a lot of things that we say we will not put in it, but we don't look at the, the words and the energy that we allow to seep into our brains and into our bodies and into our systems. There's also things within the temple that no longer serve the temple's purpose. So when you start to build awareness in what needs to, like what your narratives have been, that's when you start allowing yourself to say, hey, 
this narrative is no longer working for what I'm trying to accomplish, right? Maybe you're trying to build a business and there are certain narratives that just don't work anymore. Like something you might normally say might come out in a business meeting and it's like, ooh, like that's your cue to really realize that the 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 narrative that you've been carrying no longer works for you because it's going to come out in a space where it it like is not going to work so it's like taking an old broken luggage that you believe can still carry your clothes and all the, all the things that you need into a new airport that has like all these new glamorous and glitzy things like state-of-the-art things and it's like the minute you walk in there it's like oh something doesn't feel right this airport is requiring something different that my luggage does not have anymore hmm so your body has to be reprogrammed right it's really also taking a look at not just the things you say but also your reactions, right? Your, your reactions to what you say and your reactions to what people say to you. What is your body doing when you say certain things out loud? When I was in Peru, um, I went for a 300 hour yoga teacher training in Ayurveda and we did these group projects and um i think it was my group yes it was my group um one of my partners did it was three of us one of my partners did this exercise with the whole entire group um on writing out like things that i believe we don't like about ourselves or just something something to the to the nature of would you say like would you say this out loud to your partner and like partner as in we had like within the big group we separated everybody into partners right would you say that these things that you say negatively to yourself out loud to someone else and it's like well no like i wouldn't i wouldn't say these things to someone else then why do you say them to yourself what has allowed you to repeat this narrative to yourself and what have like what do you feel in your body when you say them out loud i think it's very interesting again um that the only way we can see our behaviors and feel them in our body is when they're directed towards someone else like i also i also i see the compassion in that right but again, like I said last episode, like this is like our body is our like we are stewards over our body. We are stewards over our words. We are stewards over our thoughts. Once you realize that there is a pattern that that does not align with your um, divinely authentic self. I think I believe the first person that we need to start speaking life into is ourselves right life and death life and death resides in the tongue we don't like it when people speak negatively towards us right there's a difference between truth and then just being flat out like nasty to somebody we don't like when someone speaks negatively to us so why do we speak negatively to ourselves why do we allow our thoughts to continue to be down and 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 not positive right again bring awareness to your body what does your body feel when you have these negative thoughts towards just yourself right not even not even out loud to other people but towards yourself after you hit somebody or yell at somebody what does that feel like to you what does your body tell you after you do these things i do not like to yell 
I hate yelling. I really hate yelling. And that derives from like some other stuff in my childhood. But recently, like within the last few months, I've found myself like yelling, yelling at someone, right? Yes, this person may be triggering some of those behaviors, both and it's no excuse for me to come out of what my genuine character is to yell, right? There's a way to say what I need to say and be firm without yelling. I like, I do not like, let me tell, I'm going to be there's nothing short of transparency on this podcast. So if you like it, cool. If you don't, I'm sorry. Um, even like being a mother, right? Yelling at my son just doesn't, it, it hurts. It hurts my soul. Um, I don't like yelling. I really do not like yelling. Every time I yell, like from an anger space, my body, the like i like the vibration of that energy in my body hurts it hurts it makes it takes me back to a place where the only emotion i could ever remember feeling was anger and i mean anger to a point where my stomach would hurt and i like i needed to either like play with fire or throw something like I needed to. And, and, and once I started doing my healing work and really getting into yoga, um, and learning about the chakras and the energy centers in our body, my stomach, which is your solar plex, which is your willpower, which is your fire. There is a balance and imbalance. All of your energy centers have a balance and an imbalance, right? For me, that was like the only place I felt anything. I would cry from that space. I would hurt in that space. I would feel anger in that space. Like everything came from that space. Um, and like the need to, to break something, the need to like all of it came from that space. Once I started doing my healing work, I started to realize, oh, this is not healthy. Like, this is not okay. This is not the emotion I should actually, like the only emotion I should be actually feeling in my body, right? Remember, I've been a journaler, so I can journal all of my other emotions, but the one emotion that my body was stuck in feeling, right? The narrative of my body was anger. Anything outside of anger, was like I would laugh I would have like I don't I don't I can't say that I ever had like pure joy up until like recent right because to even have happiness and joy is a choice and a shift in your narrative your body's narrative because once you know what those two things feel like you make sure that your body always knows what they feel like so you start moving different and allowing your body to create new narratives and do do things, engage in things that bring you happiness and joy. So anger was like the one emotion that I was able to feel all the time. If it wasn't anger, I was like normal, right? There was no there was no balance. If you think about like a sound wave, I'm I'm doing it with my hand, but you can't really see it, right? It's like Oh, here's my, here's my baseline. And then anger, bam, it like skyrockets. So I had to shift my body's narrative. The only way I was able to do that was to get with a therapist. Um, and to really be able to say out loud, this is what I'm feeling. Because sometimes your body, like the narratives that your body has been holding on to that are outdated also want to take your power right we get like we give the power to the things that we don't want to say out loud because if we say them out loud then it feels like we're convicting ourselves again not all convictions are bad convictions some convictions are what we need to release from our body to release these narratives from our body 
right? The second narrative um, that we hold on to are the societal bodies narratives. So remember, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Also, Panjali's uh, sutra, removing the veil, right? Removing the veil is also transformative. When you no longer do what society mandates you to do, right? Like, so in my head, I'm a very visual person. Um, I just will not do this podcast <laughs> live and do the whole YouTube video thing. Like, it's weird. But um, when you think about the the societal body's narrative, right? There's a conforming. There's a conformative space that society wants us to be in y'all let me tell you coming back to america from peru whew, i don't i don't know i don't know if that's the move like i could feel love and acceptance in peru i can feel that and we were off in the sacred valley which is like far away from like the cities yes there was like love there I also was in Lima and uh, Miraflores and Cusco, and those are cities still feel love, still feel love. Like there was just like a, a feeling of home there, right? Then you come back into America and like, I'm exhausted. Like the energy is so different, so, so different. So when we say like the narratives of the social body we're talking about like culture we're talking about gender we're talking about um the hoods right and i'm talking like and when i say the hoods i'm talking about parenthood um yeah parenthood motherhood and fatherhood um we're talking about uh employment we're talking about like we're talking about what society tells us life has to be like my best friend sent me a song um last night i listened to it this morning and it was talking about daydream and it was such a beautiful song because it talked about how you had all these dreams as a kid you played pretend dress up like and that was your that was your authentic self like discovering and being playful right and nobody ever told us that you can't be an astronaut you can't do this you can't do that take that off like you can't like you know when you when you play pretend you all these different things somehow by the time we got into our teenage years that plan may have shifted a little bit and it's like okay well i need a backup if this it like somewhere in there maybe you you didn't say it out loud but it's like i need a plan like college is my plan b college can also be part of your plan a but i also know a lot of people that i myself have also went to school with and it's like well what we went to school with we may not actually be doing so but it got us jobs and houses and everything else that we need nothing wrong with that then it's like now you're like in the song it's like well now you're 31 and you're waitressing you're working all these odds ends and somehow like your dream you only see it at night. It was such a deep song. It was such a powerful song. And then eventually, it's like, if it scares you, then it's something that is necessary for you. Like, I always say your dreams aren't big. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough, right? So, in like, the song is beautiful. The song is beautiful. So, long story short on the song, going against what society tells you life is supposed to be like do what feels good for you do what feels good for you live the life that is designed for you right it's gonna take a minute to get in there but you have to do what works for you 
you have to do what works for you, right? Nobody, like, people are going to be complacent. Let them. Some people enjoy the nine to five grind, right? That's for them. Everybody has a different walk. Everybody has a different call. So even when we talk about, um, so within that, right, you have to, you have to see are the seeds that society is planting in my head beneficial and in alignment with my divine truth, right? So culturally also, black women are tired. I am. This black girl is tired and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from the narratives. I'm exhausted from what has to constantly be. I'm exhausted from the narratives of like, like I choose not to be a statistic, right? A single black mother. I once upon a time like was upset with myself because I felt like I was falling into a statistic. I then changed the narrative in my head because that's also a trap, right? That also can be an internal, an internal seed that a lot of us hold on to. It's like, well, this is my life. I'm going to be a single mom forever. And now I don't want to ask for help because I'm going to be a part of us, a, par- a part of a statistic. And it's like, well, no, you're only a statistic if you see yourself as one, right? You're only, you're only, you, you only become what you allow yourself to become, right? So if even as black and brown men, right? You have the power to shift your perspective. So it's like, oh, you can continue to be a black man that keeps ending up in the prison system, or you do the work to change your physical bodies. Mm, You see how all that plays together, your physical body's narrative so that you don't become a societal um, statistic and play into the societal body's narrative. Mm, you see how those play together because when you don't heal or bring awareness to right healing is awareness like literally healing is just continuing to build awareness when you don't bring awareness to what your body um what your what your body gives off what this what the behaviors are it's all about behaviors right and your thought process, because what you think your body becomes, right? Like, my, this, is, this is for another episode, actually the next episode, but the manifestation, what you think you manifest in your body, right? So if you think that love is abuse, your body is going to continue to manifest that. If you think that fighting is the way to release anger, your body is going to continue to manifest that, right? So you have to uproot those seeds and really allow yourself to say, there's something better for me. My body is tired from producing this behavior. Is your body tired from producing certain behaviors? I am a recovering people pleaser, right? So the societal norm for me as a black woman is to give, 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 give. Say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Don't sweat, don't sweat, don't sweat. Listen, I'm a sweat. I'm a cry. I'm a ignore. I'm like, I'm gonna do all the things. Because my body is tired of saying yes to the things that do not align with my divine being. Like, my body is tired of playing these narratives that I have to be strong all the time. No, being soft is my superpower. I, like, I'm going to say that probably in every single episode. Is there like, and that is, that is my strength. Being soft is my strength. Being vulnerable is my strength. And if it makes other people uncomfortable, I'm, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But 
I like to be a recovering people pleaser. No is my favorite word. My son is tired of me telling him no. I don't care. Like no is my new favorite word because I've drowned my body in saying yes to what everybody else needs from me that I didn't even have, but somehow was able to produce it. I was not in alignment with my true self. Being, being a people pleaser, you are not in alignment with your true self. You are doing what is going to allow other people to be appeased by you and use you and continue to milk you without being poured back into. That is a people pleaser. I refuse to continue to be a people pleaser. I did not want that life for myself anymore because my body got tired. I had to listen to that signal. It may it took me a while, but for so long it was like, oh well, you're like you're a giver. You have to keep giving. But who's giving back to me? The people I was giving so much to were not giving back to me at all. I was empty running on empty imagine if your car was out of gas and you just kept driving for like three years first of all at some point it's not even going to let you keep driving for the next three years with no gas right it's going to tell you listen boo you just passed all the gas stations and you have not stopped Right. It's not even about getting the gas. It's like, have you stopped? Have you stopped? You keep seeing all the signs that say, stop the gas stations. Right. Once you stop, then you can be refilled. That also requires you being around people that will fill you up without wanting anything without wanting to say, hey, I'm giving you this, give me that. So yes, societal, uh, the society, the, the, the narratives of society, society is a body in itself, right? Um, the last thing is how to shift these narratives. So in one of my um, workbooks that has not been published yet, um, yet, I do this thing called metacognition, right? And it's a practice where you build awareness of understanding your own thought process. It's like literally replacing a thought with a thought, but you have to bring awareness to the thought that you have. So it's very different from the monkey mind uh kind of not it's kind of different from the monkey mind right because the monkey mind is just bringing awareness to the fact that you're having all these thoughts right i always tell people when you're building a meditation practice your your thoughts are like your brain is doing what it's supposed to allow the thoughts to come in and out don't judge them don't um let anything take residence but there's going to be a thought that aligns with your body and aligns with what your body needs in that moment. And that will take its place. That will take its seed. Right. So if you're thinking about how tired you are and you need a nap, if you fall asleep in meditation, you probably needed a nap. Um, if you have a thought that like shifts your body into like a joyful state, that thought is one that needs to take precedent, right? That like, those are the seeds. So you have to be intentional about the seeds that you allow to be planted. Once you have brought awareness to the seeds that have allowed your body and your speech to move in a space that doesn't align with your authentic self, with, that doesn't align with your divine self, you now have power. Mm. You've now regained your power within your soul to be able to say that doesn't serve me anymore. That narrative doesn't serve me anymore. 
right? If there's certain narratives, like, if there's certain narratives that you're constantly hearing and it's like, okay, my phone is ringing, this person is calling me, and this is what their narrative constantly is, like, the fact that you're able to even bring awareness to what somebody else's narrative is and what that looks like in relationship to what narrative you're recreating for yourself that's power in itself like you have to be able to say wow I have grown to a space where I'm able to not only see that I'm letting go of a narrative right but I'm also very conscious and aware that someone else's narrative has been affecting me. So if someone is calling you all the time and it's constant fear, constant fear, like, oh, pay attention to this. Oh, watch this. Like, I believe in discernment and I believe in God sending us people who also allow us to... um who allow us to see things that we don't see. There is also another thing where people are constantly in a state of fear. Every conversation is a state of fear. Every voicemail they leave is a state of fear. You can feel that. Again, emotions are energy. All of it is energy. All of it is energy. So now you shift your behavior, right? The behavior may have always been, oh, this person calls. I'm going to answer because of respect. I want to talk to them. Um, I, I just don't want them to feel bad that I'm not answering the phone, right? But now that you've built awareness in understanding that, hold up, this, this kind of fear no longer serves me. I'm using my fear to turn it into something good right but this person's fear like does something to my body let me not answer the phone right now and that's okay no one says that you have to answer your phone all the time they leave a message you check the message and if it's urgent right your body will tell you you need to call this person back if it's their own level of fear in something that you're doing or something just whatever it is, maybe you don't call that person back. Let me tell y'all, the level of fear in almost most, not most, in certain conversations that I had with people when I was telling them that I was going to Peru. So one, Peru, like I went to Peru for three weeks. That was my first time out the country ever. Like I didn't say, oh, I want to start going out the country and go to like Turks and Caicos, like the beach or something. I was like, nah, we finna do this big. I went all the way to Peru. I'm talking about three planes to get to the Sacred Valley and three planes to get back home. And the level of fear that people had, a lot of like, oh, hopefully you come back. And I'm just like, who says that? Like just the, just the level of fear that I can feel in people's conversations. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready to start packing. I'm like, I'm tired of America. I'm trying to see, let me, let me see how much it is to live in Peru at this point because I'm ready for something different. Like I had not one piece of culture shock at all. Not one piece of fear. I started to notice, though, the people who had fear, like it started triggering certain thoughts in my head. And I was just like, nah, like, nah, because to be honest, like after like once I got to a space where I was allowing people who were excited about Peru for me and what like that I needed that trip right, that it aligned with what I know I needed, I started feeling that I had, I had different thoughts. Like I, like I kept saying, I know I'm not coming back the same. Whereas like, sometimes I would say that and certain people who were like, oh, I hope you come back. Oh, this and that and the third. Oh, that and 
be careful because the world is crazy. Yes, the world is crazy. Listen, I've had people tell me they love me in relationships and try to take my life or could have taken my life. Like, so if I can almost die at the hands of someone I was in a relationship with, I will take my chances and go to Peru and see some beautiful stuff, like see some stuff that I've never seen before. Like it's, it's, it, like it, it got to that point. It got to that point. It's like, you've been more fear. You're like, you're more fearful of me exploring and doing something that feels so in alignment with my divine self than me being able to tell you that I had a partner who choked me to almost literal death. Like I would get in trouble for saying that out loud. But when I tell you I'm going to Peru for three weeks to to do some deeper healing work to get my 300 hour certification in yoga and Ayurveda so I can become a 500 hour and be more seasoned in this game, right? That scares you more than giving me the space to be able to say I was in a relationship with somebody who choked me to almost literal death. That's a problem. That is what I call the societal bodies narrative, especially in the black and brown community because therapy, black people don't go to therapy. What? We go to church. (laughs) We go to church and we give it to God. But then we forget that God has built people and given people the gift of helping and healing right? If God is within us, then that means we have a lot of his characteristics. Think about the DNA that you inherit from your parents. Your mother got a nasty mouth. Oh, where'd you get it from? Right? So uh, (laughs) the societal norms, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation by itself. But again, like when scripture says, do not be uh, do not tra- do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's also soul work, because once you're able to really walk into who you are, whatever patterns the world wants you to conform to, your brain is already in alignment with your soul, which dun 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 aligns with your behavior, your body. It's mind, body, and soul. It's realigning. So when you do the metacognition work, when you start to say out loud, I am powerful. I am grateful. I can do all things. I want this business and I will have this business. I am a creator. I am a great mother. Your brain will start to soak all of that in. You're planting new seeds. You're giving new power to yourself, to your thoughts, to your desires, to your body. Which once you say them out loud and your, your brain starts to soak all these new seeds in, right? Now you're watering these new seeds. The behaviors will follow. So if you say, I am creative, you say it enough times, your body is going to start wanting to create, whether it's creating a baby, creating a podcast, or just even painting, right? It might start with paint sip, paint and sips, right? Because there's a level of vulnerability that comes with being creative. Like you're, like you're making something from scratch. If you're not making it from scratch, like you're making something, you're making something and allowing your body to feel in the process of what you're making. That's powerful. Like if you say something enough, right? The the whole purpose of affirmations, affirmations help with metacognition. Because at one point you may have been saying to yourself, oh my God, I'm so lazy. Whereas metacognition says oh my god i am enjoying rest i am allowed to rest my birthright is rest 
So it's all in your thought process, right? Really building that awareness to say, this is not working for me anymore. I want to replace it with something that feels better, that is going to allow me to engage differently. So, again, metacognition is what is going to help shift your physical body's narrative, your societal body's narrative, right? And again, societal narrative is what the world expects of us, what the world tells us we have to be like, how we need to maneuver, what we need to do. Even in the space of like entrepreneurship, right? Everybody is not called to be an entrepreneur. Some people are actually called to work jobs that allow them to contribute to a bigger vision. You have to know these things. You have to know these things about yourself. Um, yeah. Societal norms are also cultural. What does our culture say that we should be doing, right? Everybody take a big breath in and let it out. One more time, big breath in and let it out. I want to thank you guys for listening in on this episode. I hope and pray that um, it has planted a new seed of awareness in what narratives you've been telling yourself and what narratives you have been allowing to process in your body and what narratives you need to let go of, whether it's narratives from seeds that have been planted in childhood, uh, traumatic experiences that have happened to us, or just what society tells us we have to be like. It's, it's, it, it's hard out here and it shouldn't be hard out here. Um, so awareness is protection. Awareness is a gift. And I hope that this episode has taught you something new about yourself, about your patterns, about your behaviors, about how you talk to yourself. Um, I hope that it has brought a deeper awareness to the true alignment of your mind, your body, and your soul. Like you can't, you can't misalign those things because um, then everything will be out of whack. Uh, so... Thank you all for joining me on my second episode of Voices of the Body. I love you all for free. Remember to let love in and let those things that bring you joy and happiness in. Namaste. Soundstripe. Soundstripe.